Welcome back to post-game edition of the Standard Group Only Podcast. Ben Standard here. Coming to you, I'm still at FedEx Field. The game is over. So are all the Zooms, including both the very delayed one and the very confusing one with Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> There's so much to get into, and we have the perfect person to help me get into it. One of the true voices of uh, the Washington D.C. sports media scene. He is 106.7's uh, the fans guy, Grant Paulson. <laughs> like, like I was thinking before we started, Grant. Like, I, I should like let you, like, as a guy who uh, does this every day, like pick the pick the topic. I pick the agenda. I don't even know where to begin because obviously. There's the NFC East situations that are still in play. They can still win the division next week. They had a terrible showing. The quarterback change, the, the post game with Dwayne Haskins, where he wasn't available for Zoom because of apparent miscommunication or who knows what. Then he came back later from his house. Where would you like to begin on yet another bizarro Sunday in the history of the Washington football team? It's amazing. I was literally laying out my show for Monday morning when you called to do this. And I'm kind of going through the same thing right now. There's so much you can get into. And luckily I'll have four hours worth of, of content tomorrow and meat on the bone. But I think you just got to start with the quarterback situation. Cause remember this game was the culmination of one of the weirdest weeks at the position in recent football team history. And that's saying a lot, obviously, but you had, starting on Sunday with the Haskins decision to have this weird party where he's not wearing a mask where strippers are present because it's his girlfriend's birthday and whatever that was about. And then you fast forward to, he loses his captaincy and he's fined $40,000. And they did for the record. I mean, based on everyone I talked to, they really thought most of the week he was not going to play. They thought Alex Smith was going to start. They were pretty sure he was going to be ready. The trajectory was he would be on the field then he either had some type of regression or something popped up where that wasn't an option. And then Haskins gets this gift. I mean, he was not going to play here again. They were good on him. I think they were pretty much over it. They couldn't cut him because of Smith's health, but you know, they, they weren't going to do that, but he got this one final opportunity. And, and I said this week in a couple different places, I loved this for him personally, because it was a chance sports is the ultimate you know, meritocracy in a way where he could make amends and apologize to his teammates. And he could go out there and have this great game and flip the script and change the narrative. And obviously the opposite happened with three turnovers and two picks and, and arguably the worst game of his season and one of the worst games of his career. And he ends up watching Taylor Heineke of all people improve the offense in the second half of the game. You know, I was talking to somebody before the game started and I think a lot of people, and I think we all kind of get caught up in this a little bit because we've watched movies or TV shows or we've seen in real life these comeback stories where the player gets benched, there's a tragedy, something happens, and from that, the light clicks on, there's resolve that kicks in, and all of a sudden, here comes the great story, the great comeback. And I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins can't have a comeback in his career. I have no idea what the future holds for, for any of us. And you'd like to, I, I like to believe that people can improve, but I haven't seen one thing from this kid in the two years he's been here that led me think for one second that today was going to be a good day. Now, I didn't necessarily think it would be the disaster that it was. He was misfiring on throws all over the place. The offense had no touchdowns uh, during the opening. Oh, I don't know what is it, you know, three plus quarters before Heineke came in with about nine minutes to go. In, in the game and Rivera finally said, okay, we've had enough of that. We're, going, we're moving on his level of, you know, what, what happened this week 
with uh, with, with the strippers and, and being out being out and about without a mask and all that stuff. Yes, it's immaturity. Yes, he's 23. Yes, you know, I, I certainly have my share for uh, misfires in life at that age and then throughout. But man, it is it is crazy that anybody was like sort of willing to sort of just give him a pass because of all this it, it, over and over and over again, he has come up short in these spots. Again, I'm not even talking about the the, 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 the losing of the game. He, he had helped the special team. Stevenson's had a disastrous uh, muff punt that led to Carolina's first touchdown to recover the end zone. Washington's defense his top 10 defense gave up two scoring drives back to back in the second quarter to help contribute to the 20 to nothing hole. But <laughs> there was just nothing to point to with Haskins that suggested that he could fix this. And that Ron Rivera had to go to him, basically. I suspect must have just been killing him. Because <laughs> like you said, I'm sure they were hoping that Alex Smith could come back. Rivera said as much. And I think there were signs even up until Friday that he could. But on Saturday, Rivera said Haskins or Smith wasn't feeling uh, great with that calf. And, and they had to go to Haskins. What a terrible, <laughs> what a terrible spot for all involved to, to be in. And uh, I, I would assume you can, you agree that we will, barring injury or the unforeseen, Dwayne Haskins will never play for this team again. I don't know how it could happen, right? I mean, with the caveat, as you said, barring injury, and, and if they just don't have a choice. But I can't see them choosing to play him at any point this year, and I don't think he'll be here after this year. So I'd say this is the end of the road for sure. I mean, a couple of things that you pointed out, you know, number one, look, I had no delusions of grandeur that he was going to go light it up and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns or something crazy like that. But I did think this was actually a decent spot for him to essentially be Alex Smith, you know, be 17 of, of 31 for 167 yards and, you know, maybe two touchdowns or a touchdown and a pick or something like that. And I really I mean, basically the guy we saw in the, in the fourth quarter against uh, last week, a lot of underneath stuff. Right was efficient. Yeah, but I don't even think he could have needed to be that good, Ben. I mean, honestly, be what Smith is on his jaggy days, right? Just don't turn the ball over or turn it over once and kind of keep drives going and get a couple field goals. I really believe, I said all week, this was a 20 to 13, 17, 13 kind of game. And not to toot my own horn, but it played out that way almost exactly. You take the Sims fumble out of the equation and this was basically a 13 to 13 football game with as horrendous as Dwayne Haskins played. So to me, he didn't need to be great. I mean, th this was a, a four and 10 team that had lost eight of their last nine and three in a row and had won once since the middle of October. Just be okay against a bad defense. It, if he can't do that two seasons in, then we're having the wrong conversations. I mean, bottom line. But when people say, oh, it's just, a, you know, it's tough for Haskins. No, it isn't. Go out and throw for 170 yards, a touchdown and a pick. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league that do that every single week. Uh, so they couldn't pull that off. They couldn't do it, particularly frustrating to me because they ran the ball at will in the first half. They didn't really run it all in the second half because they were down massively. But Gibson averaged six yards a carry. I think when I uh, tallied up the numbers after the game just from running backs, they ended up with right around uh, 15 carries for 76 yards. So you're talking about uh, an ability to, you would think, kind of get some things going in the passing game, which was never able to bear any fruit. Uh, it, he was not the only reason they lost, but I always say this. I'm not a quarterback wins and losses guy, but there are absolutely times when a quarterback is bad enough that it makes it really, really, really hard for you to win. And I think that that was the case in the Browns game earlier this year. That was the case in this game. 
I thought their defense did enough. They didn't give up a point in the second half again. I mean, Del Rio's defense in the second half is just a machine. Uh, they gave up 13 total points. You mentioned the two scoring drives. One of those was 55 yards because of a turnover at midfield. Right. That's uh, to me, that's not really uh, you know bad defense. I mean, you'd like to, them to get off the field, but give the assist to the offense on those points. And they again, also had like a fourth down stop early in the in the first half. Deron Payne sacked Bridgewater when Carolina yeah. was able to move the ball down the field and, and got them off. Got and them the takeaways. I mean, you you gave your offense some fortuitous situations, right? You had Chase Young strip sack fumble when Carolina was about to get points. You had uh, another time where Chase Young hit Teddy Bridgewater. He throws the pick to Cameron Curl, second pick of December. You know, while Carolina was in scoring range, so I can't ask a lot more from my defense other than holding a team to mid two hundreds yards and four yards per play or whatever it was, or five yards per play and and thirteen points. I mean that. If you do that and I don't win, you don't get blamed. Sorry, that's just that's just how I'm looking at it. Yeah, um, for 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 sure. Now, just to be clear, I'm not one of those people who was saying that they should have started Taylor Heineke or Stephen Montez if if instead of Dwayne. I mean, the reality is, those guys hadn't played. I mean, Montez has never played in the NFL. Last week he was the backup. This week it was Taylor Heineke who hadn't played in the NFL since 2018. He told us after the game that prior to Washington calling him to come in for a workout uh, end of last month, he was at OD, he was at his alma mater ODU taking online courses and he was prepping for his final exam. This is what we're talking about where, where this guy was prior to coming in. So you give him credit for coming in. Rivera called his performance gutsy. That said, I, I would have gone with Haskins to start. I mean, just to be clear, because no idea. And this is, and this is mostly based on the fact that that's what the coaching staff said they would do. Why would the coaching staff who sees these guys practice Again, I don't think Ron Rivera wanted to go to Haskins. He clearly determined that he thought that was the best hope. And he did say that based on what the offense did in the second half of last week is why not only did he essentially start Haskins, but also kept him in this, the start of the second half this week uh, because he, he had hoped there would be a spark and Carolina opened the second half with a really long drive and Washington really just kind of never uh, ne ne never got going. Um, we'll get off the Haskins thing in a second, I promise, and we'll talk about the bigger picture. And the reality is, they're still, they can still win the division by winning next week in Philadelphia, which is what I wrote today for the athletic is how crazy is that? Imagine saying that to anybody before the season started that going into week 17, regardless of what else happened, if they could win and in uh, the last week of the year, everybody would have signed up for that without question. But as far as the post game stuff go, I don't know what you were doing. Were you paying Were you paying attention to what was happening with all the zooms and all that stuff? Or does that yes, uh, I was, I mean, you, you obviously have the insights. So you fill everybody in, but I was from afar tracking it. Yeah. I mean, so the basic scenario is that uh, the starting quarterback, you know, the, the, the team gives us Ron Rivera and then a handful of players. And typically it's always the starting quarterback barring injury. We find out at some point here that Dwayne Haskins is apparently not going to talk. The, the initial board, I believe we were told, uh, a lot's happened here, but I believe we were told that he declined to talk and left the left the stadium before they could sort of reconvene with him. Later, the story started to evolve into some version of there was miscommunication when Dwayne was getting ready to go. He Taylor Heineke was going to talk. Somebody apparently seemed to think maybe Dwayne himself thought that that would be a, that would satisfy the situation. So he then left when he started to see that we were all tweeting about this. He then apparently told PR, okay, I'll come and, and talk. And he did it from his home and he talked and he was clearly somber and all that. But it just, it, it just, 
these bizarro things is only seem to happen with him on some level. He is the quarterback, which leads to more of these things, but just another weird situation with this guy. Yeah, look, I don't, I'm, I don't want to kill him over every little thing. It sounds like you know you're just piling on at this point. But I would say this. I mean, number one, I, I do give him credit. He could have just saw the tweets, turned off his phone, been furious, and never thought about it again. So to say, hey, when I get home, I'll do this and make amends or what have you, good for him, I suppose. I mean, look, I covered the NFL beat for four years, day in and day out, and I've been around the league now for 20-plus years. The rules are pretty clear. I don't know how at the end of your second season there would be such a weird miscommunication. And this is just another sign to me of either a lack of understanding of the importance of the role and the position of what it means to be quarterback. And, you know, after a tough loss, stepping up and, and answering those questions, I guess he thought I got benched. I'm not the quarterback anymore that talks again. I, I, I need him to be getting more of this <laughs> at the end of his second season. You don't see this kind of quote unquote, like miscommunication a whole lot. Uh, having said that, I care so much more about the performance. I care so much more about, you know, the losing the captaincy and then the fine and, and two years in some of the issues he's still having in terms of accuracy and, and reading things and whatever else is going on with him. So yeah, it was weird. It was one of those typical old school Washington football team things where you make some hires and you bring in some new faces and it seems like the same circus that doesn't always leave town. No, no, no doubt. We'll, we'll, we'll get off the hask and we'll let's go to the broader picture. The, the game starts and effectively, I don't know if it was the exact time, but we kind of knew the Giants were going to lose to the Ravens, which meant they would come out with a win. Washington would clinch the NFC East title their first since 2015. Like I said, it wasn't just the offense. Uh, the defense was okay, but, you know, as we've seen for all, all this year, if the defense doesn't not just hold the other team in check, but actually help set the offense up, it's it, it's sort of not doing enough. And then you have the special teams issue, and all of a sudden they're down 20 to nothing. And Rivera City was obviously disappointed with the performance, and Chase Young talked about they got to figure out how to start faster. Of course, it's week 16. They you know needed to figure this out by now. Uh, do you have any, I mean, obviously the, the, the performance itself to come out like that in the, in this must-win game, the biggest game you're going to have of the year until now, but this next week, is it, it, really disappointing uh, for sure. And it's not like Carolina was just killing it. You know, Carolina was, you know, kind of just hanging around and then just had a couple of big plays. Curtis Samuel had a big run, a big catch, and, um, you know, they converted a fourth down play from the goal line. Uh to, to, to get a to get a touchdown as as well uh, from like that I don't know I don't like talking about effort they did get back in the second half but I mean I guess it just it just reminded you that no matter how much has changed kind of like you said new coach new players this very much reminded me of that 2017 uh, or 20 what the, the last game of the 2016 season when they needed to beat the Giants to get in the playoffs and they lose there's been other ones like this over the years it really was just like wow here here we kind of go again from that from that sort of performance perspective in a big game. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and look, again, I, I'm not trying to just sit here and, and crush Haskins. I, I think he, by, by all accounts, he's a really decent human being. You know, he's got some things to work on from a maturation standpoint, being a quarterback. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't enjoy just kind of bashing the guy. But I don't think this was a they weren't ready to play, they didn't come out with energy thing. I really don't believe that. I think he played badly, and that hurt their offense. And I think the Steven Sims play on special teams killed them. You know, you look at the defense, that first drive they got off the field, you mentioned it, the fourth down sack by Deron Payne, that was the first drive of the game. So Carolina uh, turns the ball over on downs and 
Washington at that point had, had taken over uh, first and 10. I think at like the 43 yard line, a great field position. You know, that, that was a really good thing for them. Um, on top of that, the second drive, Carolina went three and out and didn't get a yard uh, net zero on their third drive. They got a first down on, on their second play and then went three and out after that. So it was turnover on downs with a sack punt punt. And one of those turnover on uh, one of those punts, I should say was a, a really close near interception at midfield by Jimmy Moreland which I kept wanting more looks at because it looked like he got his arms under the ball initially. So that was your whole first quarter on defense. I mean, you can't tell me, and I don't mean you, but just the greater you, you can't tell me they didn't come out ready on defense. That That's a good first quarter of football. Uh, that's what they did. That's how they played. And, and that was a job well done, I thought. Now the second quarter, uh, they gave up the 74-yard scoring drive. That was the one drive they allowed all game long. I think there was a big chunk play in there if I remember correctly do you remember what it was um on the 10 play 74 yard drive that uh, netted 80 they uh, gave uh, up Curtis Samuel I think it was yeah there was one play where Samuel got down the sideline Duke Ronald Darby yeah, and carried, some defenders, carried a couple of defenders yeah. with him for a bit so, so that you know that's a bust or whatever but that's 74 yard drive then they gave up the 55 yard score right after the, the turnover so if, if you want to blame them on those that that one as well and say that hey that's two bad drives okay fine I got no problem with that personally I think when you, you get the ball at midfield that's automatic points you're you're a throw two throws away from a field goal so I would have liked for them to have forced the field goal there I, I blame them for four of the seven points essentially but bottom line is uh, that that was their issue for the game so I, I thought that side of the ball was ready. I, I think Steven Sims has had a bad season. I think when he touches the football too often, bad things happen. And I, I think that he cost them on teams. And I think that Haskins uh, just wasn't very good and didn't give them much of a chance. I, I, the narrative that like, man, they're flat. I, I don't think they were. I thought they played with a lot of energy. I thought they flew around, particularly on defense at the start of the game. Yeah, I guess that, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember what, what I just said, but yeah, I agree. Not flat, but just, Disappointing, but I guess the thing is, it's like to that end, like plenty of NFL games enter the first half with a score 20 to 10 or 20 to 14. Yeah. And you're not going, wow, disaster. But right. this team, when, when the offense just can't score and like they weren't even really close. I mean, some of those throws were just not, were just nowhere. I mean, and it, and it, was, it was too bad because Antonio Gibson looked really good, uh, you know, in his first, uh, first appearance in a couple of weeks after that toe injury. Uh, obviously, no Terry McLaurin takes away a big weapon. Logan Thomas was really not a not much of a factor today. Cam Sims was open here and there uh, so for some plays. McKissick later got a touchdown from from Heineke, but otherwise was pretty non not much of a non factor early on. And yet the offense just had nothing had nothing going. Um, l- let me ask you this. So I presumably we're not going to you and I won't talk again, at least not on this podcast before uh, next before or probably not even immediately after the game next week. So if I tell you they lose next week, regardless of what happens, they will have had a chance essentially the last two weeks to clinch the playoffs and not do it. They will finish six and 10 and lose. Again, nobody had any expectations for this team at all, but now that they got here, how much of a disappointment do you think that will be as we look forward to what this team is rather than saying, well, they did so much better than we probably would have imagined under Rivera. You have Chase Young, the defense, all that. How disappointing do you think it's going to be or how much do you think it's going to cloud the season if it ends up that way? As opposed to just like they finished six and 10, there was never a playoff hope and they're just like, oh, okay, they kind of did better than we thought. 
Yeah. So long term, I don't think it hurts them at all, really. I, I, you know, in terms of it as of September or next year or the year after, I don't think in any way they're necessarily worse off. You'd love to get playoff experience for the young guys that hopefully will be in the playoffs for the next couple of seasons. But really what you're doing is potentially if they lose back to back games, you're improving your, your draft pick. And it's not like this is a Super Bowl bound team, as we know right now anyway. So from a long-term standpoint, I think the health is still good. It doesn't change the growth of this year, the process having been good defensively. The fact that they're on the precipice, maybe you had one more player at inside linebacker and you're fantastic. You know, all those things don't change. I will say, though, that just from the standpoint of the fans that are in this thing right now, I mean, it's utterly demoralizing and completely deflating. And I would even say disastrous. I mean, it, it is – I don't think you can call it a collapse. I'm not sure that they're good enough to call – you know, back-to-back losses at the end of the year collapse, but the stars aligned. This was there for them and still is obviously, but your your hypothetical is assuming they lose their two point dogs, by the way, in the opening line to the Eagles that I saw tonight on the road, but it's, it's not just about the last two weeks, Ben. I mean, seven and nine, you shouldn't be in this situation. So you have this golden opportunity to win. What would be your third division title of the two thousands, your fourth, since 19 if, if you count 1999 you're, you're fifth really since 1991 I mean that, it just doesn't happen around here they don't host playoff games at FedEx field so it's a huge deal it's a great opportunity and they would have blown it in a year in which it seemed like all the bounces went your way like you get the Steelers on five days rest because of COVID and you play the Niners without Garoppolo and you're you know you're playing uh, this team after Monday night with travel and it seemed like all those things finally that work against them aligned and they will have taken that schedule and, and basically having played nobody for almost like two months in the middle of the season and not gotten to the playoffs in a year where you could have sub 500. It'll just feel like a really big missed blown opportunity. And you got a gift wrapped under the tree and you decided not to open it for some reason, which is frustrating. But I think when you get past January and you know, one or two weeks, whatever that is, and you, you see, okay, well, bottom line is they may not have, uh, one more than a playoff game anyway. Come draft time, come going into next year, it'll be just fine. Somehow I muted myself for a second there. We're going to do a little bit of podcast magic here. They're kicking me out of the press box. I'm going to ask you a question while I pack. And that question is, what's your prediction for, for next week, both in terms of who's playing quarterback and uh, what happens in Philly, in Philly? I think Alex Smith's going to play quarterback. I have no information, obviously, one way or the other on that. I'm just assuming because they were so sure – late in the week that he could get the nod and something happened uh, that, that made that impossible. But I'm, I'm hoping that he's back. If he doesn't play, I think you've got to go with Taylor Heineke. I think if Alex Smith plays, they probably win a close game against Philly. And if he doesn't, they don't. I mean, the, the Heineke story was really neat in week 16, and I'm happy for the guy. He played well. But I don't think over four quarters with time to prepare for him, no, that that's going to go well. He's going to turn it over a couple times as well. I, I do think you have to play him over Haskins just based on today's performance and, and the the eight quarters of football you've seen from from Dwayne now, or six quarters, I guess I should say. Uh, season comes down to a guy who. What about the off. Eagles game? I, I guess I'll I'll end the season where I started it, which is to say, Ben, if their defense dominates and takes the game over, and either scores or gets the offense the ball a couple times in Philly's side of the field. And if you go all the way back to week one, that's what happened. They were down 17 nothing. They scored 27 unanswered. They had eight sacks. And they began what was a treacherous year for Carson Wentz when he got benched. If they can have that type of 
take over the game Thanksgiving Day in Dallas performance, then they win and they're on to the playoffs. If the offense needs to go out and score 24-27 and, and win a game where Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts are able to move the ball and score points for themselves, then I, I don't know that it's going to end well for Washington. What, what, what a world that we're counting. We're, we're, we, they may be relying on Taylor Heineke, who was taking online classes a few weeks ago to get them into the playoffs. Unbelievable. Grant, you the man. We'll talk soon. Peace. All right, buddy. Be well. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Many thanks to Grant. Uh, long story short, the media, we're in, while we're in the press box post game for a bit, we eventually get kicked out. It's been a little bit weird this year because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. In any event, um, they came for me while Grant and I were finishing up. So I had to sort of quasi abruptly ended there with him, but hopefully uh, you guys got, got plenty of Grant. And obviously you can listen to him all the time on 106.7, the fan where he is. And he's of course at Grant H. Paulson on Twitter. You want to hit me up on Twitter at Ben Standick. Didn't even mention at the top. Of course, you can uh, follow me, my work on the athletic. I wrote a piece today about the fact that, can you imagine if at the beginning of the year somebody told you that the Washington football team was going into week 17 would need to would, would be one win away from making the playoffs? You would have, you know, any fan would have signed up for that without knowing all the details. And that's the position they find themselves in, regardless of how they got there, which is pretty crazy when you um, when you think about it. Uh, and of course, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher anywhere you do your podcasting. We'll have, I'll have at least one more podcast this week, um, maybe two, depending on how it goes, but it's obviously New Year's and all that. And of course, before I forget, let me wish everybody a happy and healthy uh, New Year. Uh, just a couple quick other thoughts about this game. Didn't really mention too much, too many specifics on the defense. Uh, obviously, Chase Young was really phenomenal. Yet again, I haven't had the time to, of course, go watch the tape, but you know, he, when he makes plays, they're just spectacular. And you see his presence out there. Obviously, he had a fumble. He forced a fumble that he recovered, had a sack, was a factor at times in the in the run game. And, uh, you know, he's just always a presence out there. It's, you know, uh, this is on top of the fact that, by the way, today, if you didn't already see, he was named a captain of the team, which is insane, an insane honor for a rookie, regardless of a pro bowler or not. That's, that says a lot. Uh, also, you know, look, he's effectively, I guess you could say, replacing his former college teammate in that regard. And it is wild that, like, Dwayne Haskins not only has Alex Smith to sort of emulate, but he also has these two former Ohio State teammates in Chase Young and Tara McLaurin, who, as far as we can tell, are sort of, you know, look like gold standard type guys as to what you're looking for in a locker room and all that. And, um, you know, Dwayne still is having his issues. But in any event, uh, Chase was, you know, very effective yet again today. And as we discussed earlier, you know, the defense, you know, you know, they didn't give up 20 points. They only gave up the two touchdowns. Uh, the other points off the uh, muffed punt recovered in the end zone. No points allowed in the second half. So, you know, pretty, you know, pretty good job. I thought the, I thought the, the cornerbacks, I thought were, were, were largely pretty solid in the past game. And also I thought in the run, yeah, helping the, in, in the run support as well, getting up on some screens, I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were pretty good um, offensively. You know, mentioned earlier. You know, just while Antonio Gibson was was running nicely for sure, breaking tackles and and looked like you know you couldn't really tell as far as I know that he was having any issues. I was I was surprised that they just didn't seem to get J D. McKissick and Logan Thomas involved early on. Now some of that may be the quarterback play, 
I grant you that, but like, you know, not even handoffs from McKissick. Uh, it took a while for that to, to get going. Kind of surprised with, with that. Um, so since we, uh, since I stopped talking to Grant, it was announced that Washington, the Washington Philadelphia game will be flexed to the Sunday night game. Obviously there's a bad history for Washington with regards to primetime games, and this will be their first one of the year. I guess if you know, I guess you can sort of count the Pittsburgh game, uh, but you know, that that said, um, well, no, I'll, well, yeah, I'm not. I'm talking night games. Like the Dallas game was a national game, so yeah, I'm talking night games. It is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Philadelphia lost, so you know the idea of what do they have to play for. I think the Jalen Hurts part is a pretty scary one in the, in that you know he for him this is all new. He's gonna he's not gonna fall prey to the idea of I have the season's over. Who cares? And I'm sure Philadelphia is very much would like to knock out a team, um, you know, in their own division. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that's the team they get to play. I'm sure they would like nothing more than have the chance to uh, to do that. And, you know, putting Washington on a primetime schedule game, frightening for anybody who's been paying attention over the years. But obviously, you know, what's past is past. They can only move forward for uh, for, for sure. It'll be exciting. Uh, absolutely. And especially not knowing who the heck, the quarterback is, but if you get McLaurin back out there, Gibson, you know, holds up from uh, from what whatever from his workload to, uh, on uh, Sunday, and we'll see. Maybe it's Alex, maybe it's not, but uh, you know, having any pieces, any having those additional pieces will help anybody at quarterback. Uh, it has been an insane year. Of course, it's going to come down to this bizarro of moments where possibly a guy who was, you know on the street just a few weeks ago could be the starting quarterback in in a week 17 game where you can win and make the playoffs. Uh, wild. That's all I really don't want to say. Ron Rivera will talk on Monday to the media. Then Wednesday, we're back out of practice in theory, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for, uh, for this team we're heading into Sunday night. So I'll be out there for those days. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens. It, it is, just a, just an insane year. I mean, even it feels like the last two weeks have been a month, have been a year, let alone everything that's gone on. It's it's crazy. Um, all right, that's it. I gotta go. It's it's late. I'm tired. It's been a long day. Ben Standick signing off. Thanks for all you guys for always paying for paying attention. But here as well as on on the Athletic and on Twitter at Ben Standick. And uh, you know, be safe, be good. We'll talk later. Until next time.